Come on kids, now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Meryl Klimo Meryl! Wow, we, we are back, we are back yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know. What now I'm... we're back with the same matched energy. Here we are. We're both at a 6.2. With our energy matched. <laughs> Matching the energy. That was a good episode last week. I feel like we dove into a lot of topics of the heart. Oh. Okay. Oh, I really thought we got somewhere deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was one-sided. Um, I know. That was what we learned last week. <laughs> Show your love, even if someone just goes, oh, Show okay. Show your love for a cacao. Yes. Um... <laughs> I uh you went to Austin. I sure you did. You went to Austin. While you were in Austin, I had a a comedy show, kind of a big one. Yeah. Um and uh let's fill each other in. Okay, I want to hear about yours okay, first. Great. I will I'll do it. Here we go. So, I had been building up for a couple months. One of my goals running this like producing this comedy show uh has been to get into a legitimate comedy like like, you know, I guess club mm-hmm. and have a show so that I could legitimize what we're doing in a new way and possibly bring down bigger acts that yeah. go like, Oh, well, I didn't know that bar show and I've never met right, you guys, right, right. but I've heard of this place and they run a real show every yes. night of the week. So we partnered with the comedy store, which is if probably the most famous, mm-hmm comedy club in the world uh, in Los Angeles and there's also one in La Jolla it is owned by um the Shores you know like Polly Shores aunt I think it was or mom was it mom Mitzi, Mitzi? I think it was Mitzi, the one that, yeah. yeah so anyway so we we got uh, a lineup there shout out to the book Mike V I love him so yeah, much Mikey he's a Finn. really cool guy yeah um so we decided we were going to do a jazz comedy night so full jazz band a couple comics and let me just tell you, producing a show and promoting a show can be very, very, very challenging and stressful because we had made a deal and you've got to pack seats and you've got to get there. If you're paying the com- comedians, you're paying the the band, mm-hmm. you're doing all stuff. Out of the gate, we had to made a, make a pretty good amount of money to just make our money back. And up until the day before, we really weren't there. Really? Yeah. Were I, tickets expensive like how they tickets were 40 bucks that's a lot which i think is not a lot i I think it's a lot for a comedy show i think it's not a lot for live music and i think you got live music and comedy now you're doubling up you go see a band you're not going to get into a band a concert for less than 35 or plus fees you know what I mean? There's probably a cleaning fee from Airbnb yeah. to get into a fucking concert anymore. Speak- oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about and, that later. And so yeah. uh, I didn't think it was that much. It's in a legitimate place. We're doing something that nobody else in this city is doing. So fuck it. Let's go. But we hadn't sold enough tickets, so I was super stressed. On my drive to the club, I was like, okay, listen. We're going to have to pay 400 bucks. You know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'll just, I'll just chalk it up to learning, right? Right. Uh, by the time we got there, we got an updated ticket sales and we, we were at a hundred. And so we really needed to only get like 60 people in. And so we had sold 40 more tickets than we needed to. So it was like, Oh wait, we're making money. This is great. And so 
right away I was like, okay, awesome. I can just fucking Yeah, relax. it's okay. It's not going to be a horrible thing. Yeah, because yeah. you want to you do this great thing and you want to show that you can do it. Uh, and we ended up having some really great comics there. A local guy, Zoltan, who was just amazing and on the rise. Uh, the headliner was Jeremiah Watkins. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Great comic. Check him out. He's got a podcast as well. Um, and then uh, Electric Louis Land was the band. And they're awesome. We work with them all the time. They're always our band. Um, but the reason I'm telling you this is like the room looked amazing. The show was going great. Everyone's having a good time. It was just like perfect. Yeah. And then, Uh-oh. and then there was this woman who would not stop laughing at the weirdest times, making weird noises. And she was like, in front of me like maybe five or ten feet and i was like okay and i had to tell the security i'm like listen we might have to kick this bitch out right was she drunk i kind of thought maybe she was because it'd be like the guy would tell a joke uh everyone would laugh mm-hmm. and then it would get silent he'd start to talk about it and then she'd just go <laughs> oh. and i was like okay and then of course the comic would say like y'all right back there yeah, like yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on and she's like hey man and i was like oh no we got to get this lady out because it's starting to affect the show in a way did it happen with the very first comic uh a little bit everyone everyone kind of was getting a little bit of it but by the time he the the headliner came up jeremiah it was different she'd gotten either more drunk or whatever right and so at one point he asked her a question she's in the back of the room okay and he asked her a question because she keeps interrupting and i'm telling the security like she's got to go and they're like okay but then as they're talking, all this is happening at the same time, she stands up, and I'm not kidding you, stands up and goes, like that. Like she was possessed by the devil. And everybody was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like the whole room was like, huh? <laughs> and then he goes, uh, okay. What the fuck? What was great was is that he turned it into the next 20 minutes of his whole show was like trying to do a spider walk across the stage. He was just like, oh my God, just I always going, you know, <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> it, was, it was the strangest thing. And of course, you somebody even said like, you can't write this. It's like, yeah, you're right, yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah, 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 and and yeah. those are the moments I love, right? I do too, yeah. But there is this teetering moment where you like, it could go either way. Right. It could go either way. I don't like disruption at all. At all in comedy shows. Just let the comic do his thing. Right. If he asks you a question, then answer. But don't try to be part of the show if you're not being asked to be. Right. And then normally that happens anyway. If they say, like, anyone here from Midwest yeah, and someone right. screams, like, Minnesota. And then, then you, yeah. you always have some yeah. type of moment. And, and where to me, I'm okay of... with that. Yeah, me too. That's me an too. engagement. Right. But when someone's, like, telling a story, trying to lead up, hitting his beats, doing this thing, and then somebody goes, <laughs> like... <laughs> you're not funny or some shit like that i'm like get the fuck out of yeah, here yeah exactly so so she, they did asked she sit her down no they asked they, they grabbed her quick it was like whoosh, she was out right so he goes on he's doing his jokes probably another 15 or 20 minutes goes by right and he's on stage and he realizes that somebody from the band is on their phone and he's like all right dude what, what are you doing he's like stops the show and he's like what are you doing and i'm like oh no, oh, no. and the guy's like on his phone and it's so funny. 
I don't know how this happened, but because the band is behind the comic. right, the band yeah, is the, on the yeah. stage behind them during the whole show. In shows that I've seen that you've put on with the jazz band, it's funny because some people will even say acknowledge that they're like someone's like, "Wow, really close to me," you know, yeah. or and then some most everyone loves it. Yeah, but I think one of the comics was even like, uh, like kind of like. Okay, like the drum is like really close to me, or right, you know, people will right. kind of freak out sometimes a little bit. But too. it's awesome because they'll do a joke and then the little music will play and they'll it's like, uh, give me a hit, drummer, and like, yeah. just, you know, that kind of thing. And so, but what was funny is this guy in the band was on his phone and he's sitting on stage. And so Jeremiah turns around, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Come on. You, I got to know. I got to know what the fuck is going on. And the, the guy on his phone goes, I'm just checking to make sure my fiance is okay. And then things start to quickly get understood that that woman who stood up in the back of the room, who was possessed by the devil, was his fiance. And so, holy fuck, the room room opened up and just fucking lost it. We're screaming. Oh, we were just howling. (sighs) And so then Jeremiah was like, Wait a minute. We got to talk about this shit, you know? And and it was just like this Was the drummer pissed? Or was uh, the guy no, pissed? No, yeah, it was uh he was playing a vibraphone, like the big vibraphone thing. Uh you know, like it looks like the um like a xylophone? Yeah, like yeah, a xylophone, yeah. but it's a vibraphone. Oh, I love that. Uh so anyway, he wasn't pissed. He was embarrassed. He's like, "Oh, fuck it. but he can't leave." Yeah. He's in the band. He's got to sit on the stage. His woman just stood up and acted like she was possessed by the devil, got kicked out. And he's like, ah, hope she's okay. She she had to have been on something, yeah, something. Yeah. And so it was just this kind of moment that you could never get again. Wow. Never in a million years. The fact that that whole thing happened. I'm yeah. just like, holy shit. So I live for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do so, too. So in the end, it was like a really successful night. Everyone loved it, and they the comedy store booked us already Yay. for a, a follow up show. So. Now, how will that interfere or not with your other your other no, monthly we'll, ones? We'll schedule it on days that we don't have to do anything else, and it'll be fine. And it won't cannibalize the audience because no, La Jolla they're, has they're a whole in different, different areas, crowd and, and it's a yeah. different it's a different show. It's not just comedy; it's the jazz comedy. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was cool. pretty amazing. There was one other incident at the end of the show where there was this. So La Jolla is kind of a rich area uh, here in San Diego. It is a very rich area, mm-hmm. actually. And the comedy store is there in La Jolla. And so there is that crowd. Sometimes you're like, it's a little older. You can tell they have money. Um, but this birthday party came in. And the birthday party was like 50-year-old women, all like 10 women. They all had little tiaras on and shit like that. And they were being loud. And they were just being obnoxious the whole show to the point where – Gosh, can you just shut up? Can you just please shut up? And so finally the security went over there. And the woman was so fucking rude. She's like, do you know who I am? And then she's like, bye, bye to the security guard. Bye. Do you know what Yelp is? I'm going to write a Yelp review. And it was all this shit. And I was like, God, why do people do this? Why? Yes. And to call out Yelp now, like what was relevant like 17 years ago. I know. (laughs) It's funny because they did finally get kicked out. But while they were getting kicked out, the woman says super loud in the room, uh, she goes, uh, well, I guess I'm getting kicked out for being obnoxious like that. And then the comedian was like, well, yeah, you just proved that you yeah. are. Yeah. You just like, proved. Yes, you are. And he's yeah. like, I believe the security guard. Get out of here. Like kind of thing. He was so good. And 
he just really rolled with the punches. Jeremiah Watkins did, and that, he sounds like it. He, he had he a lot would, going on awesome. for his. The 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 icing on the cake though, they left, and there was this whole hullabaloo. And the woman then told me she's like, "I'm gonna write a Yelp review," and I'm. She's like, "Have you heard of Yelp?" And I go, "Yeah, ten years ago." Yeah, that's what I said to her. And then I was like, "I'm not gonna engage. I gotta go back inside." So I went back inside, and this was awesome. At the end of Jeremiah's set, he goes, "Oh, so I have a little bit of a treat. Um, we've talked with the band, and what what you guys don't know is that." My headliner and I, we both play saxophone, so we're going to play a little sax with you guys. And so they brought saxophones out, and then Jeremiah and this guy Pete, uh, they did a whole another 15 minutes of just playing jazz and jokes in between. Cool. It was like... I, I, it was unbelievable. I, I can't tell you enough how like how stoked I was that yeah. that's the way the night went. Um, so that was, a, that was a big success, and I kind of left on cloud nine. Yeah. Cloud nine. <laughs> Stuff like that is so much. I love nights like that too, where you're mm. not at home watching Netflix every minute and you're sure. just out where it feels like you're really living. But see, that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think the ticket price is too much because what we're offering is something you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's an experience that is so individual, you know? Yeah. It's like you, you can't even go to the movies for under $20. I know, I know. It's like, it's like, People say, oh, that's kind of pricey. And I was like, it's not. It's just not. I understand. I understand also the flip side, though, of thinking like, okay, you also have a two drink minimum. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I, I get it. And I would probably be in the ilk of people that would pay for it. But then like trying to convince my cheap yeah. ass friends too of like, okay, you yeah, know, it's going to that. end up being like a $65. Need new friends. Need new friends. I know. I don't know where to find them. So tell me about Austin. Let's 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 okay. chat about for it. For speaking of expensive tickets, I forgot that I wrote this down, is that... um. I saw because you had recently I feel like you've done this twice where you saw something on sale and you like very impulsively quickly bought the tickets sure. two times. And I, I remember they were each like a two hundred dollar thing. One was a comedian yeah. that you and Britt went to go see. Yeah. You Louis, and Britt and Louis Daniel. C.K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went and saw Louis C.K. And, and I bought how, those when we were in Nashville. And how much was that? They were like two fifty each. OK. Yeah. Then you just did something else. Another oh, the, band. The, or... the one I just did is way worse. Way Tell worse. Us. Uh, it was a festival, right? All right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize for no. it. It was a lot of money. It really was. I got tickets to go see Silk Sonic. That's Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Uh, I just think their energy, their music, oh, everything yeah. is aligned. And I'm, I, I, I went to get tickets, and I was like, oh fuck, that's expensive. They're, um, they're close to five hundred dollars a seat. Okay? Really? Yeah. And and I went, and I was like, no, I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. Fuck this. There's no fucking way. Cause I still gotta get to Vegas. I gotta stay in a hotel. I gotta eat food. It's gonna it's gonna cost me so much. Right. Right. And then I couldn't stop thinking about how I'm gonna not see this. Like I'm really gonna I'm gonna not see this. Money comes and goes. Right. Money comes and goes. And everyone has their priorities. And maybe yours is like you wanna go to Peru or somebody mm-hmm. else is like, I wanna buy a Cadillac. I don't know why I picked Cadillac. <laughs> a Jaguar. Peru, a Cadillac, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone has their priorities, right? For me, it is experiences, and I just could not stop thinking about it, and so I was like, fuck it, and one night I just jumped on. I was like, how much are they? Well, they had gone up $100 each, and I was like, ah, fuck it, and I just bought them. I did. So it was like twelve hundred dollars. Whoa! And is it at a like their version of the Palladium or something? I don't even know. It's where at it is the at. MGM. Oh, something. okay. And yeah. is it premium seat? Yeah. Okay, because that's the other thing. I I don't think you're paying. If it was five hundred dollars for like nosebleeds, were no nosebleeds were only two fifty. For real? Not kidding. I'm not kidding. Then I'd rather just pay the extra. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's go. 
I mean, let's go. And you'll be able to find a hotel for cheap, I'm sure. It's going to be fine. I've got it I'm all I'm telling set you up. guys, Planet Hollywood. Everyone sleeps on Planet Hollywood. It's nice and no. I cool used to do a Hard Rock Hotel. Oh, yeah. Because it's off strip and it's yes. easy to get in and, and out. And those kind of the ones are touristy fine. and geeky, yep. but, it, but you know no. you're going to get a good experience. It's fine. It's a good ho- hotel. It's now Virgin Hotel. I don't know why I'm telling you all oh, this information. Have, like 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 you asked me. And we then, have but, friends that just stayed at Virgin Hotel. I will um, not talk about their experience because I don't know it. Oh. But Sounds two like of our do. favorite people oh, just stayed there. Great. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, Austin. <laughs> Buying things. Because, okay, Buying but, things. Oh, but my other thing is that I had saw, like with concerts and everything, I saw that the Smashing Pumpkins were going to play at the Hollywood Bowl, oh. which I would be a fuck yes about that. But then the band that they're bringing along is Jane's Addiction, which I feel like most of our lis- listeners will probably like Jane's Addiction more or like mm. people are really jazzed about them. But to me, I'm like, oh, God, like if it was Smashing Pumpkins and someone else from the 90s. What, like live? Of, oh, God, if it was live, I'd be paying for like to like yeah, name yeah. the yeah, yeah, amphitheater yeah. my name or something. Yeah. Um, no, it's so sweet. No, yeah. OK. No, no, there's too much going oh on. OK. But I was just going to talk about Ed on Instagram. But um, but. I had waited because I was like, oh, that's going to be expensive. Do I want to go to see the Smashing Pumpkins at the Hollywood Bowl? It's the last tour date of their, the last date is in LA. Sure. I feel like they're going to put on a really good show. And I, and then I kind of did to myself where I was like, don't buy the tickets now. Let's see if something else like better comes along or that you're not like hemming and hawing so much about. And uh, I kind of just let it go for a few days instead of just like impulsively buying. Right. Then the next day I'm on my phone just scrolling. I think I'm eating lunch and immediately in my feed i see a tour announcement for tori amos who's one of my like favorite artists and that's one where i rarely see her i think i've seen her probably like i think i saw her once at the hollywood bowl once at copley symphony hall here in in san diego and i always go by myself and like i just it's one of those like spiritual artists where i'm just along with the journey of her for forever you know as a as a singer and so that one was like a heck yes i need tickets now yeah and then i kind of did like an awful move but i i had texted my friend lauren and i was like do you want to go to tori amos with me and then she took like seven minutes to reply and in that time i had already bought my own ticket by myself because i was like i cannot wait i cannot wait right and i bought i sat down by the orchestra and i think my <laughs> ticket ended up being like 235 yeah and it was one of those things i'm like this and then with fees and everything i'm oh. like who cares who cares okay like, yep. i was just buying it feverishly yeah and then when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, my God, like that is so much to be paying almost three hundred dollars for one ticket <sighs> one night. But I know. But that is one of those things where it's like Tori Amos really matters to me. It's a concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I know it's expensive. I, I Listen, I can't make sense of it to anybody else. I wanted to do that thing. Right. Yeah. You wanted to do it. Whether that ticket is a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, you decided that that was what you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, it really matters to me. Yeah. But Tori fans are like rabid too and people have been commenting on her. A lot of people will go to like multiple nights. It's, you know, one of those traveling like a uh-huh. fish show or something uh-huh. where people travel and people are very upset because she really switches up the songs that she's doing. Mm. And like I have two songs in specific specifically that I'm like really, really wanting to hear and on her Instagram people go crazy if she posts a set list and they're like, what about this? Why not Corflay Girl? And so I was already yeah. getting worried about like oh my god i've paid three hundred dollars i know it's up to her but i will be very sad and deflated if if i don't hear the songs i want to hear oh, and then gosh. it's like she's not our concierge service yeah, you know like yeah but there is something about like i hope that it lives up to it because a few of her set lists i've seen has been a lot of like the b minus songs that i yeah i'm not i don't know well, i mean or something i know you gotta, I know you, the, can't, you gotta you can't give your fans what demand, they want but yeah. at the same time it's like 
she has how many albums she has how many songs she can't do them all yeah and, and it's like she's got to keep it fresh for herself too and give the experience that she wants and but even like i was there was one fan that was writing back and forth with me about something and i'm like okay i think she's gonna do a sort of fairy tale because it's about driving on the 101 and the concerts in la oh, and I'm like, oh my god oh my god okay so okay so anyway but like going to tori amos by yourself oh my like, god that, that is the most girl trauma that you can yeah. do like <laughs> i don't understand how i'm not lesbian i don't understand like and i will wear sneakers there i don't understand oh tell us about okay, okay, okay. austin jesus okay so I went to Austin for a podcast conference. We love our friends Ever and Ariel from the Outlier Podcast Festival. Yes. Bo was greatly missed. Um, I appreciate that. Originally, they wanted us to do, we got the chance to do a, this is ridiculous, but we were going to close out the festival with a 45-minute show of me (sighs) and you. And you and I had just said like, that's a lot to prepare for yeah. and it was we are so lucky to even get the chance to sure. even like turn that down but there was also they were going to give us like a a 30 minute time slot to like put on a presentation right. and i just think you and i were both in the space where that's like i didn't have the time to prepare right. anything like that so i'm way too busy and right yeah. so what i did feel comfortable with this year was being a panelist on a really cool marketing panel um and that was really fun and I decided to make extend the trip. The conference was only two two full days. Yeah. But I decided to stay in Austin longer because it's so cool and it's so wonderful. And okay, so my thoughts are that because this I've I've already been to Austin a bunch, but yeah, this time around I really really love it. Um, I feel like San Diegans or Californians are taking it over, and everyone I've heard yeah. that like time and time again, where everyone was annoyed by that. Um. And I can't believe how it's so I love Austin. I mean, it's so it's such a cool like combination of different types of things and very inclusive and very welcoming. But I don't I don't think I could ever live there just because even after day Mm. six, I was like, okay, I got it. Like you feel very like locked in, you know, to the city where it's like here, at least I don't know. I feel like there's lots of places to escape to. Yeah. I the one thing I was going to say plus and minus is. Like there's that one main street. What's that main street? There's Congress, and maybe it's Congress. And there, there's six, and, there's and, six and it's just like you can walk oh, for miles, like, yeah. And it's like there's businesses, yes, the whole time, and it's like bar, 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 restaurant, bar, bar, restaurant, all the way up and down, yeah. And then at some point they close the street at night, and the people are just walking on the street, yeah, in between, and there's all this food oh, carts. Oh, yeah, there's six. That, that yeah, maybe that's like maybe the, that's what it is. Yeah, but it was just like there's so many opportunities to eat and drink and just it's a really special city, really walkable in a lot of ways. It is so walkable. Like, like San Diego's not that way, right? A lot of cities aren't that way. Like you have to take cabs, you have to go all the way across the you know the city. Yes, and spread out. I did not have a car there, and I really feel like I covered all the parameters of like the conference was in East Austin, which is definitely where like a little bit more of like the younger hip, you know, younger kind of yeah. party people hang out. And then I love South. And I can't believe like South Congress is very um, now it's very gentrified. There's like a Ray-Ban store and a Lululemon and all right, that kind of stuff. But then right. every now and then you'll get like an old motel that has some history and right. and it still has some good places to eat. Um, and then, th- yeah, I went to all around one day I Ubered and some people asked me. I went to that art, like an art museum, a contemporary art museum, and I just walked yeah. by myself and it was so much fun. And like. While I was there, people were asking me, oh, are you doing, are you going to do like stand up? Are you going to do an open mic? And all my comedy friends were almost like, I was like, I don't think you understand how weird I am. I'm like lost in a forest in Austin by myself. Like, like <laughs> I had no desire to do any type of yeah. that 
that stuff there i don't know what it is but like when i'm on vacation i'd rather see the places more than yeah like go do my normal stuff yeah. you know what i mean yeah no i totally do so um my other thought was what did i write down about austin gentrified lamar oh 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 this is what we talk about this a lot but having a night or time where you are off of your phone intentionally yes. or not intentionally and i i had that happen where i was walking and walking and i my phone ended up dying and but the thing about austin is that you feel so safe because there are a lot of people out at night so like i could be walking by myself at 9 30 at night and i felt yeah. very very safe and and good and there was one night that i went to go see the bats a very touristy thing but like you know they're all off of the south congress bridge and then when night falls then they all come out and fly and it attracts like hundreds of people yeah. So I was there and my phone died and I had ended up talking to this couple from the UK who like I think I normally would have been on my phone or been like, you know, oh, I'm just texting someone else but just because right. I'm alone. But instead, I really was like forced to talk to the people next to me. And we talked about how they lived in an old church and, and like, I don't know, it was just such a nice experience. And so <laughs> I felt like it was a very heartwarming night because then I went back to my my bed and i'm like oh my gosh i've i talked to strangers and i like walked for ten thousand miles yeah what was the weirdest thing you did in austin because they're really trying to keep things weird out i there. know they really are um i went to a pecan festival <laughs> <laughs> and i would say while i was there i i acted like a non-tour like i went to a farmer's market yeah and i feel like i bought a lot of stuff that i ended up eating okay. and that's not weird i wish i could be weird um i probably walked in some areas that would make people nervous yeah there are walking from kind of the downtown area to east austin you go under some underpasses yeah and it had like machete wielding people and i would just walk right by like, Hi. But then I'm like don't mind me i'm on my way to a podcast conference so um but weird i don't know i'm so i'm weird in general uh on the flight home i sat next to a woman that was knitting the whole time oh boy and then I asked if she was knitting me a life jacket, and she did not laugh. She didn't laugh? Mm -mm. Oh. She's like, I'm knitting you a mask, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe one, another thing is, like, I laid out in uh, a park one day, and I was reading erotic fiction. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that doesn't seem right, does it? Like, to go go in public and then read erotic fiction. It seems I like know. you should do something at home alone. Yeah, I felt very like... Like, like oh, I'm being so yeah, nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did feel that. I started mastering. No, no, I didn't do that. Oh, no, my no, God. No. Oh With my a bat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then someone said something to me on the trip that I wanted to run past you. Okay, go on this journey with me, Bo, because I hope, you, I hope you're going to pick up what I'm, I'm here. putting down. I'm here down. for it. I'm okay. Here. I was talking to a nice, lovely man. I got to meet a lot of my pod friends in real life mm -hmm. um one thought that i have is that like the podcasting community is definitely where i have career-wise like feel like i fit in the most mm -hmm. like there's a definite difference of working in music industry and radio and podcasting and i feel like podcasting people in this maybe even in your art world too are like so geeky but but helpful and really smart and right. curious and i just there's so much less ego than in yeah, radio say, or music. Yeah, it seems like it seems like music and radio are real ego. Beyond, I hate it. Even when I went to go to a concert, like it's just a people, a bunch of people wearing black, and like everyone's on the list, and it's just so much. Like, who yeah. cares? It's just geeky. It's just yeah. kind of, that's geeky to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's I don't know. Music industry is very, very like uh, not not my vibe. 
but I feel like podcasting really is because it, you have a bunch of people that are smart that are used to doing like a million different side hustles. Sure. And we all have to help each other because it's like you do have to work together in podcasting. So yeah, I really love it. So while I was there, I got to meet a few of my like online friends in real life. I was talking to one online friend or a real life friend now, and he was saying there was a company there called Rooster Teeth, who I guess like comic book people know and like and so he was trying to explain to me that they did something that was big in his childhood called like red versus blue or something or red it's either red versus red or red versus blue or something so he was saying like i'm so excited that this company is here because this meant a lot to me in childhood then he said to me uh i don't think you you would get it though because you don't seem very nerdy and so and i started laughing and i'm like he's oh he he told me you don't seem like a nerd and I started laughing because I'm like, oh, my God, if my friends like, yeah, even the look that you're giving me, I'm yeah. like, my friends would definitely disagree with you because yeah. he said it as like, oh, you you totally wouldn't understand. You're not a nerd. Then I started thinking. And OK, I think I'm I'm geeky, but not nerdy. And then I was almost thinking you're. OK, OK, OK. Walk through. Cause I'm here we're, with you. We're, we're opposites. Like I'm geeky in the I? way that I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm geeky because I get like seasonal allergies right. and I wear a fanny pack, you know, but I'm not nerdy because I feel like nerdy has turned into like movies and things you consume and almost like nerd is a culture now. Nerdy has is nerdy is more like tech based. Right. I think Whether nerdy is like Comic Con. Computer. Well, yeah, like nerd, like comic books, but like also tech stuff. Like I would think a lot of people that are in. Um, would Disney adults be geeky or nerdy? Because I feel like there's a difference. Huh. They're probably nerdy. Is the fact that I, I like. I Geeky feels like it's a negative, doesn't it? And nerdy feels I'm like. Geeky. Yeah. But but like. But I'm not nerdy because I don't I don't like nerdy things. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like even yeah. just me saying the words are annoying. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, but- yeah but okay but then okay but so i don't like any nerdy things but i'm geeky you like those things and i don't think you're geeky or nerdy i think you're like cool but you happen to like nerdy things okay well i appreciate that really i mean you think i'm cool and i like nerdy things yeah yeah i i I I agree i i've always felt like i was sort of like I liked cartoons and comic books and video games and these things those those things are now like a huge business and in the 80s it was like it was a business but like video games are like and like fun uh, video games are like only challenged really by like porn it's like as far as how much money it makes it's a huge fucking business it used to be like this guy who didn't shower working in his uh you know the computer lab with all his friends for like (laughs) and it just didn't have any lives it was just this now it's like these people are like running the world you know, yeah. Elon, oh, Elon nerd, Musk, nerd Elon Musk is like yes, fuck. and Bill Gates and all yeah. these people. Yeah, the nerds are the Illuminati yeah. freaks. But I, but I was like, oh my god, I totally my brain like split like Pangea when I thought about this because I was like, <laughs> wait, you like you're cool, but you like things that aren't. I would not. I'm totally okay with this, but like I don't. I would not put myself in like I'm not cool, but I also don't like things that fall in the like yeah. nerdy category. Yeah, you're not like into Marvel movies. No, and not, no, not at all. You don't. Yeah, but. But I'm geeky where I like hyperventilate, right? You know what I mean? Because, or like uh, I'm allergic to dairy are, or something. Yeah, because or these like, are like yeah. uh, grass-fed blueberries or some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. So, so that was just a realization that I had had. I don't know why I thought it was going to be a bigger deal that that it was. 
Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Because I feel like you you have a lot of friends that also fall in maybe maybe a continuum of that category mm. where like they like nerdy things. They are nerdy. Mm-hmm. They don't like that thing. Like I feel like your friend Nate is uh, heady. But not geeky. Yeah, you know I'll watch. His I don't YouTube really have and... a lot of geeky friends. No, you honest. don't. Am I your? You might be my only geeky friend, but I have a lot of nerdy friends. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Damn, this is a lot to think about. <laughs> Which one are you, you guys? <laughs> Let us know. Like and subscribe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, let's go do something geeky, and or nerdy. Geeky would be like like I. Uh, I love hermit crabs. Like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I right. love hermit crabs so much. I hate to say this, but it feels like geeky challenges the fact of being accepted in society. <laughs> All the not. things yeah, that I'm are not. geeky. Like if you're obsessed with uh, what'd you just say? Hermit crabs. Hermit, I love crabs, hermit crabs. Right, and you were so obsessed, so obsessed. Like, is there a group there? Is there a lot of people that could yeah. agree with you on that? Are, are you going around with hermit crab stuff all the time? Yes. Like, meanwhile, like. I think someone who's nerdy might be into like I don't know some Pokemon or some shit like that. I right? need to harness the geeky culture the way that nerd. I need to commodify. You do. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's your challenge. Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, let's you guys. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Meryl's mind is blown. Until next time, guys. We love you. Bye bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me. P, B, and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at campfireshitshow, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. <laughs>